Welcome to our brand new show It's not that complicated so listen close We'll go through IMDB Reviewing all of an actor's movies Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank You heard that America lost the War of 1812. You saw America lose the Vietnam War. Now come watch America's greatest military failure, The Bride Wars. <laughs> what do we do here, Jamie? <laughs> I thought like, it could be one of those podcasts you like say something at the beginning that is relevant to the episode. That's yeah, what I went for. I just went yeah, for it. I, I get that. I get it, Al. And you know what? If I'd been prepped for that, that would have been fine. <laughs> but your opening bits just have really devolved. They they used to be. I've been I've been over this a few times. Used to be really collaborative, uh, engaging experiences where like you bring me on along on a journey and you want some sort of connection from me. Then they started being. I'm just gonna say a thing, and then and then I'm gonna go. Hey, Jamie, how are you doing? I'm just gonna say. And now you don't even. Th- throw it to me now you just say the thing now you just like i've got it i say it and then i'm just gonna see what happens i'm not even gonna have any social cues to suggest that jamie should start speaking and that i'm done i'm just gonna stop first of all two things one i did after the awkward pause go what do we do here jamie <laughs> well what so- do we do here hello Welcome to Blank Spank, Season 2, The Hathaway's Dash Away, the show where we're chronologically reviewing Anne Hathaway's entire IMDb. I'm Jamie Loxon, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Al Gillespie. Say hello, Al! Hello, Al. Here's yes. the thing. That was thing okay. number two. Is there a second thing? Yep. Yeah. Thing number two was clearly I listened to too much uh, improv co- podcasts. All right. We always forget this, Jamie. Right? I, well, I always forget this. You know this in your heart, all right? You know that you're one of those comedians who writes things down. All right, and then mm-hmm. you got it. All right, you're like, uh, you're like, who's that guy with the with the bits, like Carrot Top? You know, like he's got all those bits. <laughs> oh, what, what, what a nice comparison you've just made. <laughs> you know, like oh. right down these little songs, like uh, Weird Al Yankovic. You know, you're you're, you're like, okay, Weird I'll, Al I'll take that a little bit better. <laughs> it's you. Um, I I always think this is like an improv podcast, but actually, fun fact, guys, this is all scripted beforehand. All scripted. So if I just come up with something at the beginning, it and it, it's not written down, it just doesn't work. Oh yeah, it completely throws me off. I'm like, what what, what page are we on? Fuck. <laughs> it, I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch this for next week. If I come up with a bit where I just leave it hanging, just go straight into the intro. <laughs> okay, that's fine too. Or, or just tell me, Alexander. <laughs> just tell me, and then I can and I will. Uh, Alexander! Have you heard the news? um, That the royal family did more to help solve racism than any other institution in the world? That is some news. It's not the news sources I choose to consume because I consume my news. From the son of Thomas Jeffrey Hanks, star of season okay. one of this podcast, Chet Hanks. No, I, I, Chet. The, the sentence was really mixed stick, up there. <laughs> can't we stick to the most unproblematic of the Hanks? All right. No, no, no. We, of course, will throw over Colin, to our correspondent, Colin. Chet Hanks, who posted this on Instagram this week. Oh, and I no, think Chet. you will want to learn this, Alexander. <laughs> Hey guys, um, look, I just wanted to tap in really quick. I just got this feeling, man. 
um, that this summer is uh, it's about to be a white boy summer. <laughs> you know, take it how you want. I'm not talking about like Trump, uh, you know, NASCAR type white. I'm talking about you know, you know, me, um, John B, Jack that? Harlow type white boy summer. You know what I mean? Let me know if you guys uh, can vibe with that and uh, get ready. You know, because I am. Alexander, it's a white boy summer. Finally, me and you, the white boys, will get our day in the sun. <laughs> it's it's true. Notoriously, sun is the worst time. Summer is the worst time for the white boys. You know, it's you get sunburnt. You have to go inside. You but go to the local tanks. pool and you wear a t-shirt because you want to wear a t-shirt at the pool because you don't like taking your top off because you're 13. But now, now this is our summer. It is all right? our time. Fine. Everyone I... else is like, oh, everyone else in the world has had summers forever. All right. You know, white men, white men got every other season but summer. But this time we're colonizing the summer too. All right. We're doing what we do best. Uh, Jesus Christ. I brought that up. Sure. Obviously, firstly, because it's hilarious. Uh, but secondly, having uh, covered Tom Hanks for the entire first season of the podcast, we did didn't talk much about Chet Hanks, but it is extremely strange that Tom Hanks produced this human. Like, can you imagine? I, I like to imagine earlier this week, Thomas Jeffrey Hanks was sat at his dinner table with Rita, and then his poor wife turned to him and said, Did you, did you hear what our son did this week? No, no, what happened? Well, dear, he. He declared it's a white boy summer. And Thomas Hanks, Tom Hanks had to learn the news that his son, his prodigy, <laughs> said the words, it's going to be a white boy summer. And I don't know how Tom Hanks reacts to that news. What I, what I love about that, one is that they named their son Chet, which is short for Chester. Yep. Chester Marlon Hanks. Two, that he has a, a full brother, uh, Truman Hanks, which is... Again, I, you know, obviously there's Colin Hanks, but there's also Truman Hanks, who I've never heard for of in my life. Here's the thing. Depressingly, Jamie, um, we've both been to LA. I'm yep. not saying any of our friends in LA are vaguely like Chet Hanks. You're not. But if they had a child in LA and a shit ton of money, I can believe it, you know? Yep. I, oh, money does yeah. weird things to people. All I'm that, saying, LA is also a weird city. That's the most baffling thing about Chet Hanks, is that he makes sense. You know, like, I... I see how this was formed. I see how this happened. Yeah. I shouldn't, and it shouldn't, but I but I get it. I get why well, this exists. The real depressing thing about Chet Hanks is that uh, Chet Hanks is a actor and musician, but actually last year his perfect role came into being, and I don't know whether or not he's got it yet, but he needs to play um, the boyfriend in Tiger King, uh, specifically the one who looks like he's done oh, a lot of Oh, yes, mess. yes, yes, yes. No, I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, no, no, I can see it. I can fully see it. Uh, yeah. Anyway, goodness gracious, Alexander. Uh, we were a Tom Hanks podcast, uh, and, and I felt remiss if I didn't bring up that wildly important news from, uh, from the world of Hanks. But we are now, of course, an Anne Hathaway podcast. Are we are we doing law this week? Are we are we doing no, a rundown no, no, of the history no, this week? Jamie, Jamie, Jamie. We here's the thing. All right, we 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 were good boys last week. We're going to be good boys this week. And maybe if we didn't have anything to talk about, we could talk a little about law. We could talk a little bit how your fifteen percent raccoon, how the world was was destroyed by aliens because we failed to save it with a Tom Hanks. Really sorry, Tom Hanks. It's not your fault. It's ours. Don't worry. The aliens just don't have an appreciation for Toy Story three, one of the greatest films of all time. But don't worry about that, Jamie. We can put that aside for this week because we have some important stuff to be talking about, Jamie. Yeah. A film which uh, there was once a review for the film Bratz. 
which is a film you should watch if you haven't seen it. Um, it's a great time. Do you, sure do you Ellen... mean? Do you mean like those those little the little like dolls, the brats? Yeah. Okay. Here's yep. the thing. I don't know if ask Ellen if she's seen it. It is genuinely one of the most bizarre movies of all time. But the fun fact about it is, it, it for it Shut the fuck up, Chad. Uh, Sorry, I was trying to message my girlfriend, and Chad Hanks kept on talking to me. <laughs> but um, the Bratz movie had the review. Uh, this is why the terrorists hate us, and it was kind of true. And Bride Wars is exactly the same thing, Jamie. This is why terrorists hate us. It's Bride Wars, the film. It is a uh, uh, garbage movie, which I maintain really, really hates women. Uh, yep. And it's confusing to me. You know, it's, um, it's it's bizarre that anyone made it. I don't know why. So I, before I we start discussing the, uh, the 2009 movie. American romantic black comedy uh, Bride Wars, according to Wikipedia, we will discuss whether we think it is, uh, is a black comedy or not. We must, of course, do our segment top. Of the Bops! And I discussed before the uh, podcast, Alexander, that frankly, Top of the Bops is a bit of an annoying segment for me. I have to go and find out what the song is, then I have to go to YouTube, download the clip, clip take the clip, and then when we I edit the podcast, I have to put it in. So I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm just going to tell you, without warning, what the song is that was number one when this movie came out, and you can sing it for us, so yeah. that our dear listeners can understand what the public psyche was when Bride Wars was coming out on January 9th of 2009. And, well, Alexander, it's just after Christmas, and it's 2009. So, what kind of song might you think be at number one at around this time of year? All right, so after Christmas, 2009. So, it's in December, it's not in January. Uh, it's in ja- it's January 9th, but it's, it's you know, 9th. two weeks after okay, so. the, the Christmas number Ooh. one. What was so normally dominating the Christmas number ones around the late tens, early teens? Here's my issue. I know that around a certain point of Christmas music, the UK public turned away from uh, the X Factor deciding what was your Christmas number one to um, this weird family doing songs like I Love Sausage Rolls being your Christmas number one, which kind of makes no sense, but like, sure, I guess. Um, So So do you think that, do you think that turn has happened by 2009? No, but I'm trying to think who was, was it like Bleeding Love by Leona Lewis? No, it was not. I think she was maybe a year or two earlier. Uh, it was Hallelujah by Alexandra Burke. Alexandra, oh, so your cl- best I was rendition, so close. please. <laughs> I was so close. Look at my pals of deductive reasoning, guys. That's why we should teach kids critical thinking skills in school, all right? <laughs> I'm just throwing out there. I got close. So, Alexandra, please, your best rendition, specifically of Alexandra Burke's version of Hallelujah, which I will oh. say is the version that was used for the Hanks Banks Over song uh, that came at the end of season <laughs> one. <laughs> I love that you didn't go for the one which, like, music nerds love. That you didn't go for the one that people, everyone else who's seen Shrek has loved. You went specifically for I the went Alexander specifically Burke. for the Alexander Burke version. <laughs> I heard there was a secret chord that Jamie played and it pleased <laughs> Tom Hanks. But Hanks Banks nearly over. I can't remember the lyrics. Oh, who doesn't bum, know bum, the lyrics bum. to Hallelujah? Or my... Who doesn't know the lyrics to Hanks Banks over? I know the lyrics to <laughs> Hallelujah. I was trying to do the Hanks Banks lyrics. <laughs> I also, I also like that you you treated Alexander Burke as having like an eight octaves lower voice than she normally does. She anyway. has fucking range, Jamie. Of She's got, that woman has a set of pipes. She, she right? was like, this is my first song. I'm coming out of X Factor. This is how I'm going to present my myself to the world as a 1980s Italian baritone. Let's go! I uh, find every now and then you Google like a singer. Yeah. Um, 
and they have like a really weird like they, it turns out they have this like kind of incredible type of range that no one has heard of before and i think Cher has this where like she, no, it's she has a contralto which is like not super common um oh yeah it's the no Cher has a classical female singing voice whose uh, vocal range is the lowest female voice type which is contralto um i don't even know people have cool voices all right jamie do you know there was a chinese remake of this film uh, yes, I did. Well, are, I mean, are you taking my job? Are you taking no, my no, job? No, I don't want to take I, am job. I going to give the film context or not? And I was really impressed by it. <laughs> yes, and actually, I want to yes, watch you that just found more. that out. You just found that out because, and I'm about to tell you because you didn't do any research on this film because it's my job to do the research on this film and tell you about it. So let me tell you about the 2009 uh, American romantic black comedy Bride Wars. Um, it was written uh, by June Diane Rayfield uh, and Casey Wilson, along with Greg DePaul, uh, although people may know uh, June Diane Rayfield and Casey Wilson, who are relatively well-known in and of themselves. Uh, June Diane Rayfield herself is also a podcast host. Uh, do you notice how I, for some reason, <laughs> lumped myself in with this very successful person <laughs> uh, uh, hosting the How Did This Get Made podcast alongside Jason Manzukis and her husband, Paul Shear, who also appears in this movie. Uh, and Casey Wilson uh, is a comedian who has been in loads and loads of things. I'm sure you would recognize her. Um, it, of course, stars Anne Hathaway and Kate Hudson as the the warring brides. Uh, but we do have a, a sneaky little appearance from a from a young doughy Chris Pratt, uh, a mere three or four years before he would uh, hulk up for um, Zero Dark Thirty, and then a mere nine years before he would. We expressed some relatively questionable opinions uh, when people still liked him. Pratt, um, Chris Pratt is the definition of a it, It's not a Chris fave, Pratt right? summer. Chris Pratt, it's not a white boy for summer for Chris Pratt. I'm stating nope, nope. it now. <laughs> um, Piss off, oh. Siri. Um, uh, Chris Pratt plays Anne Hathaway's uh, husband and Steve Howie plays Kate Hudson's husband. Um, there's uh, a few other... Uh, Beyonce, J- Jamie, what is the film called? Is it Wife Wars? That's the sequel they never made, all okay, right? It's Beyonce, Wars, sorry. Beyonce's. Um, uh, there's a few other relatively notable people. Candice Bergen plays uh, the uh, wedding organiser. Uh, and also got nominated for a Razzie for this performance, which I think is a little bit harsh. Like she's not, she's not terrible. I mean, the movie sucks, but she's oh, not no. explicitly no. a reason for why this uh, movie Jamie, sucks. But no, but let's let's be honest here, right? No actor really. That's a lie. Most of the time, the actors nominated for the Razzies, if they're like big, well-known actors still making good films, like outside of it, it's never that they're giving a particularly bad performance necessarily so much as they're just in a terrible film where everything else is bad yeah normally um uh they, they such uh terrible uh, plaudits were not given to anne hathaway who in fact got uh won the teen choice award for comedy movie actress for this apparently which speaks to the quality of a film that got a whopping 11% on Rotten Tomatoes. However, that did not affect its box office. On a $30 million budget, this movie made $114 million. So uh, Kate Hudson apparently took that money and, as you say, to the bank to make a Chinese remake of this movie in 2015 for some reason. Uh, None of the other... No one else from the original... um, uh, production are involved with it at all uh, except for Kate Hudson who produces uh, 
I, I I wish I could say that I watched it and and could tell you uh, about it, but 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 I did not. Um, but very confusing uh, decision there. Uh, do you think? Do you? So here's the two options I can see. Yeah. One, Kate Hudson was like, "I want to make some money. I'm going to go make a remake in China." Or two, they were making a remake in China. Wanted to get Kate Hudson's name on the poster and said, "Do you want to just like?" I'm trying to figure because I, I want to know if Kate Hudson could do business in. Chinese, Mandarin, you know? I, I, like, that would be really fucking cool if she could, and I would give a lot of plaudits to Kate Hudson. <laughs> that was also a tight 90-minute running time. Oh, this yep. had an 89-minute running time. It is longer than the original. It's one minute more content. One minute more, you know, they're, they're, there's there's cut scenes that they, they really had to include for Bride Wars. Um, I don't know. I went to the poster uh, for the uh, Chinese version of this thinking, oh, it's Kate Hudson's name on there. It's all in Mandarin. I can't fucking read it. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that would help. Um, yeah, we, uh, uh, we we really got played there. That's uh, yeah. that's a mistake. Yeah. Um, uh, also, June Diane Rayfield and Casey Wilson uh, appear as cameos in this. Uh, and I don't think that is... And Paul Shear, as I said. Uh, but other than that, uh, no one particularly well-known appears in this. And there's really not much else to say about this uh, garbage fire of a movie other than to dive right into it. But before we whoa, do whoa, that, whoa. because I always forget... <laughs> Uh, it's, say, of course, Six Degrees of Tom Hanks. What were you going to say? Of course. However, two things. First, okay. I just wanted to note that the, uh, the the Mandarin version clearly wins because it has the... Uh, one of the actresses is called Angela Baby, but that's all one word, and I wish that was my name. That's a great <laughs> name. <laughs> Being called Angela Baby is my favorite name. You win as an actress. Well done. Uh, she's playing uh, He Jing. He Jing? I, I can't pronounce that. I have very bad Mandarin pronunciation. Apologies. Second thing is Jamie... Yes. I think I know how we're both going to get there in about two steps. And after this, I think this person is too powerful, okay? I think this person is the, is the person who connects the entire world. And I th- I think we have to we have to say if you use her, that's it's just it's just like cheating. All right? I'm just going to throw I'm oh, just throwing it out. Alexander. Just, Alexander. I think we both know how we're going to get there. No. No, you coward. If I tell you that I can do this in one fucking step, I can do this in one step. There is someone in this movie who stars in something with Tom Hanks. So you go with your shitty like, little two-step. Me- for, uh, wait, one sec. I'm just going to say. Uh, yeah. Six Scream, Tom Hanks. This is where we're connecting back to Tom Hanks through the game Six Dudes of Kevin Bacon. You connect uh, the people in this film to uh, Tom Hanks by virtue of people who have starred on screen together. Alexander. Do your two steps. Don't try and guess mine. Don't try and use up me. No, just do your. No, just no, no, no. I can get them in one. I can get them in one. No, just do your two steps. Do your two steps. Do your two steps, and then I want to show off. Do your two steps. But then can I get get them one off? Okay. I'll try and get them one afterwards. My two step one is Chris Pratt is in Guardians of the Galaxy, and in Guardians of the Galaxy, he stars alongside the. She's too powerful, and she needs to be stopped. <laughs> Karen Gillan, yeah. who connects the entire Hanks universe. All right, yeah. it, she's the point it, by which yeah, it's such an easy one every Marvel single time. Just Karen Gillan, Karen Gillan to Tom Hanks because she's in the Marvel movies, and then she's in. Um, oh God, uh, what's she in? It's the Circle, the Circle, uh, the, the Circle. Wor- the, with, one of the with worst Tom Hanks. Hanks films. Yes, we, like we, we, we might movie. have to. The Circle is, in fact. The circle alone is the is the the keystone for this game because the circle has Emma Watson, the Harry Potter series, John Boyega, the Star Wars series, and Karen Gillan, the Marvel series. That's all movies. That is every movie now. <laughs> we are covered. So, so we we might we might have to ban the circle. However, Alexander, I will do it in one step because in this movie is Paul Shear, and Paul Shear 
appears in Tom Hanks's Electric City. One step. Thank you very much, Alexander. I will take my bow and I will be leaving the podcast. Okay. So I have I have another one. Okay. Which is uh, Kate Hudson stars in this as one of the brides. Yeah. Uh, Kate Hudson also stars in uh, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, where they go into a cinema to watch Sleepless in Seattle. So Tom Hanks appears on screen in a oh. scene with... Uh, Kate Hudson. No, ah, he's not. He's not. Well, act, are we, are we not going sure by IMD credits? Are we going uh, by because uh, he doesn't have an when, IMD no, 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 credit no. for that? When, when in the rules did it have to be that they have to be <laughs> IMDb credited for this? All right, IMDb doesn't know Jack. I will get the film into the. I will get the fucking film into bloody IMDb <laughs> if it kills me. By every week, I forget to email them. Oh okay. no! Uh, for now, I am still the only person to have changed someone's IMDb thanks to this podcast. Ever, ever. Um, so uh, let's talk about this fucking movie. Uh, so, Alexander, it is your favorite part of the show, so I will cede to you. Oh crap! One sec. Uh, this film begins as all oh, good films should, with uh, montages overlaid with crappy, crappy narration. Oh, That's God. right, guys. Before they were brides. They were little girls who apparently had no dreams other than to be brides. That's right. Uh, Kate Hudson and Anne Hathaway, born on the same day in the same hospital, uh, grew up from uh, childhood uh, as, as close friends. Uh, they would dance together in the attic. One of them dresses a bride, one of them dresses a groom. Ooh, is this some like cool kind of progressive gender dynamics where one of them doesn't really like dresses but you know she's gonna get married in a suit uh or maybe she's even gay no no not at all this one's kind of weird uh their dad is uh, sitting creepily over in a corner just looking at them you know creepily watching them want to get married all they want to do is get married jamie because bitches they love weddings mm-hmm. uh, and by bitches i mean that as a joke uh so i apologize <laughs> to anyone who's a woman um, i will go check myself out uh i i I do want to say that this film has a weird obsession with doing montages via photograph. It's a really weird decision. So, like, two or three times throughout this, and at the beginning here, we will just see, like, like weirdly over-the-top high-res stills as the way of showing the montage of, like, oh, there's them looking at uh, wedding dresses, and there's them peeking at weddings, and there's them getting that. And, like, this happens two or three times in the film, and it's a very, very strange decision, and it completely pulls me out of it. Um, anyway, after it's the also, montage... It, it oh. genuinely makes it feel, and I'll get to this at the end, like it's a satire of itself, Yeah, and yet it is not funny in doing that. No, no, not at all. And, and it's not really funny, ever. Um, no, no, it's it's... Okay, I, so we'll let's let so, so anyway, after the montage, so they want to get married. It's now thirty da, da, da. years later. It's thirty uh, years later. They've been sharing everything all the time. Uh, Kate Hudson has a uh, she's a successful lawyer type. Uh, her parents have died tragically a couple years before in a car crash or something. I don't even know. Her boyfriend, he's not a as a TLC would call a scrub. All right, Kate Hudson <laughs> has no scrubs. But what about Anne Hathaway? Well, she has a scrub, and his name is Andy Dwyer. Oh, it's oh, doughy Andy's... little Chris Pratt when we liked him when he was yeah. fun and. When and he didn't have a beard, and so he didn't look as good. He'd like that. Yeah. I'd like as, as a man who cannot grow a beard, um, it very much upsets me that basically every single like every single uh, like guy who's in comedy who women suddenly go, Oh my god, they got hot, 
All they did is grow a beard. It <laughs> happened with fucking Steve Carell. It happened with fucking Chris Pratt. Like, all these guys who <laughs> just grow a beard and then women are like, wow, I didn't know this funny person could be sexy as well. And I'm like, oh, I'm fucked for all time. Jamie, you're right. The reason why the majority of people got really into Chris Pratt was the beard and not the <laughs> fucking 36-pack. I like the way you think, Jamie. You have to admit, he does look weird without... Like, he... he he looks, he looks like strange a, in this movie. He looks he like has, a, he's like yeah, really it's kind going. of like baby faced. He looks, yeah. you know, not his. Uh, there's kind of like. A, I'm trying to think of when Parks and Rec starts. Is it 2007 or 2009? Uh, 2009. So same year. This is this is season one. Yeah. Or even just before season one, Andy Dwyer. So yeah. again, back before he would just do dumb shit. Just, 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 dude, just, just don't look, like look, stuff on Instagram. Delete social media. Look, when, when we get into the Anne's man's, I'm sure we will factor in Chris Pratt as a human being. But for now, can we not just remember a time when Chris Pratt was fine in 2009? Yeah, but look, as far as I know, he he personally hasn't done anything super yeah, weird. He's just he donated just to places that, that he's just bad. donated and to places. And the last time that, that happened. Terrible. Specifically with J.K. Rowling, it didn't get worse. All right, it just stayed exactly the same, and we were all fine. And we just don't talk about it uh, anyway. Uh, so yeah, look. Uh, so it Chris turns Pratt, out Chris they're going to share something else because fiance. both well, no, their boyfriends also, at this time. Both their boyfriends propose on the same. Uh, no, they don't even propose on the same day. <laughs> Kate Hudson's boy. Kate Hudson's going through the thing. Uh, Kate Hudson works as a lawyer, and Hathaway works as a teacher. Yeah, uh, she wants to apparently buy a Prada dress or bag which again on a public teacher salary in new york you know good on you mate you're dreaming big i like it okay you deserve prada too all teachers get prada free prada for teachers but um and they're at kate hudson's house and kate hudson finds a t- uh, i think it's like a tiffany box a tiffany box yeah and she's like holy shit my boyfriend's gonna propose and and halfway's like holy shit this is amazing so they go out to celebrate before the proposal which yeah. is weird and everyone's like eh, this is kind of a jump of the gun all right what if he's going to propose to someone what if he's cheating on you and hit this ring really poorly <laughs> and dude keep your ring somewhere better all right give your ring to the best yeah. man so yeah as far as i can it. tell he keeps it in her fucking wardrobe <laughs> like this guy's a moron also we I, I i will continue to bring this up this guy looks like marco rubio and it freaks me out he like really <laughs> looks like marco rubio the entire time and i'm like fuck like it, it's really unfortunate for him because he's not necessarily an unattractive man nor does he have any particularly problematic opinions in this film but the entire time i'm just like that's fucking marco rubio right there um I appreciate Jamie letting us know that he wants to fuck Marco Rubio. Of and, course. you know, it's, he likes a bad boy, all right? Just a yeah. boy who just wants to take away your basic rights. You know, that, that's what um, Jamie likes. So, yeah, they're, they're celebrating, but, you know, he's still not popping the question. Kate Hudson's getting a little bit frustrated, but he's like, no, it's fine, whatever. And what Hathaway's going to propose. And Hathaway goes uh, home and, oh, and, and Andy Chinese. Dwyer, at, because literally Chris Pratt is just playing Andy Dwyer in this fucking movie. They're having but Chinese they, uh, at home. And, he's playing like chilling. episode one or two Andy Dwyer. I want to throw this out because he's a douchebag in this film. Oh yeah, he is. The um, handsome Chinese. He's where he's an accountant. They live in a small flat. It's not as big as Kate Hudson's flat, despite the fact that he's a, an accountant. You know, the accountants can make cash. They're living in a very tiny apartment. And um, uh, Anne Hathaway has a little fortune cookie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's looking at this fortune cookie a bit too expectantly. He <laughs> cracks it open, and inside is a ring. Oh shit! What? And he's like, oh, you know, if we're if in seventy five years time we're just do it here doing the same thing, just eating Chinese food, watching films, that's good with me, which is sweet. Um, uh, no, no, called- dude, dude, he doesn't give a speech. He's literally just like, yeah, I thought about doing it somewhere else to give me a speech, but you know, I didn't. I, I just thought I just wanted to do it here. You know, he like he gives 
it's cute, but he gives, like, it's very much like a little bit of a flag coming up, right? He kind of, like, doesn't put that much into it. He's sort of just like, hey, I don't want anything to change. I mean... I love you. Oh, I mean, Alexander, I feel like you are telegraphing a, 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 a late stage twist that I do not think the film effectively telegraphs. I think you are giving this film way too much credit that they telegraph this no, moment. No, I, I think at very least they make one of the characters, I think they make him a douchebag. And like, he, that becomes li- more apparent as the film like, goes on. Uh, I would say, my, oh, we will discuss this as we'll the movie get into goes it. on. Anyway, she calls Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson's like, oh, he didn't fucking propose to me today, but whatever, he'll probably propose tomorrow. And then she's like, but uh, he did propose to me. And Kate Hudson's like, whoa, that's totally chill. I'm totally not a bitch. I'm it's so fine. okay with that. Uh, and then she stomps down to her uh, fucking uh, boyfriend's office and just goes, goes to, just goes, look, Fucking Marco Rubio, you are going to propose to me right fucking now, you arsehole. I'm in your office. I don't give a shit. There's another person here. Propose to me. Um, and then they do like a little fake out of like, oh, was was it actually not a ring in the box or whatever? But it, but it fucking was. And the guy, yeah. the guy who is Marco Rubio, a saint in this moment, goes, ah, oh, I've been think planning this for weeks, but you know. If you hadn't ruined the whole fucking thing, then it wouldn't be you. So, yes, I'm going to marry you, you insane person. Also, like, again, not, not that I just want to tear apart this film whenever, but, you know, I want to throw this out to everyone ever who wants to propose to someone. One, talk to your partner beforehand, in general terms, about whether they're comfortable with marriage or not, because that way they're not gonna like you'll know going into it whether or not they're gonna say yes. All right. You oh, should yeah, never yeah, no. get you. You should never. You should not have any doubt in your mind what the answer to the question is gonna be <laughs> yeah. before you ask it. Like, and I get that some as someone who struggles with anxiety, that's gonna make it really difficult <laughs> to be one hundred percent sure. But you know, at least get to ninety nine percent. Yeah, just be like hypothetically, would you like to marry me at some point? Not proposing to you, but just but also what i was meant to say is that had you had that conversation she would never be like i need to get fucking engaged now <laughs> which is what she's doing as though the, the answer to the question is like does he want to marry me could be solved very easily without anyone proposing because you could just talk like normal human beings and communicate uh, but but that would require kate hudson to be a normal human being and this film to present normal human emotions which Ooh, it does not yeah. but it wants you to care about their characters like they express normal human emotions but anyway they so uh they so, go in to meet the the crack um uh Dealer. wedding organizer what are they called wedding planners wedding planners wedding planners yeah um uh co- um at Jeff her Robin. office and they want they said their dreams to get married at the plaza they want to get married at the plaza this is what a, they've wanted ever since they, he, here's, they here's children. my question all right things i know about the plaza one eloise used to live there all right so we know it's cool but uh that's a that's a cool eloise uh the plaza joke for all you stands out there eloise lives <laughs> but um uh, two is this just a thing in north america about people on the east coast wanting to get married at the plaza because i think in friends she also she's like i'm getting married at the uh, like her dad uh, rachel and friends dad books the plaza when rachel gets pregnant i think um when rachel gets pregnant he's like okay i booked you a wedding at the plaza and she and ross they have like a kind of joke I, fight about getting married i mean i just i mean I don't I get it. I really don't like. I get it. It's on. It's on Central Park. So I guess like it's a really nice hotel. Yeah, it's, it's a nice location. In a really nice location. But like, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it. 
it just looks like a big fucking building. Like, I guess yeah. maybe just in the UK, the idea of getting married in like grandiose churches or cute churches is like the bigger thing than in the yeah. States. I don't know. But why the fuck would you want to get married in a massive hotel? Like, well, I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. Why the fuck would I want to get married at the Hilton? I know people who have I've been, I've been to some weddings where it's like at a kind of like barn conversion kind of thing and maybe there's like some kind of cottages off there which people can stay at and like so it's kind of hotel-esque but you can rent out the space and i think that's pretty cool but like i agree with you i'd either like for me it'd tend to be either an hey like either like a church uh because i'm thinking really in the uk you can't get married outdoors which i find quite funny can you not um, i didn't know no um, which is weird with covid because it would be way better if people could get married (laughs) outdoors during covid but um, which is why in the UK, uh, I'm not sure that's true in Scotland because I had a cousin who got married in Scotland outdoors. But even then, it might be that you just have the ceremony and then you sign the document later indoors, kind of thing. Um, <laughs> like the, the it's a really specific law that you just can't sign the paper without a roof well, above your rain. head. It could rain and then your wedding would be. <laughs> oh yeah, the ink would run. Who would even know? <laughs> anyway, it's all confusing. Getting married in a hotel confused. Like a reception at a hotel makes yeah, sense. Yeah, absolutely to me. makes sense. You know, maybe maybe this is just and, and about you know, declining when, Christian values, Jamie. Society when, is in decline. When we come to the the wedding scene at the end, I would like to express that they shouldn't want to get married in these places. They're not that nice. Anyway, um, yeah. so anyway, they, so they turn on. up. So yes, the wedding they, planner they is like I've the got lady from three dates. The Miss Congeniality. Yeah, uh, she's she's the wedding planner. They want to book it. They say, hey, look, here's two dates uh, for the plaza. This would be great. You can have them on different days. And well, yeah, she, she says specifically, I've got I've got two dates, two slots left on June 6th, and then one slot left on June 27th. And they're like, okay, cool. Oh, my, my parents' anniversary is June 27th. Oh, great. So you take that. I'll take June 6th. Great. Um, and, have, and they're like, great, cool. We'll sort that. And then they leave. Uh, as they're leaving, Casey Wilson is coming in. Uh, and, and Anne Hathaway says a very strange line, which is, hey, bride to bride, there's only one slot left. And Casey Wilson is like, thanks. And I'm like, you didn't you didn't create the slot. Like you have you've literally done nothing for her. She is going into this meeting and she is going to take that slot. You have done nothing, Anne Hathaway. What the fuck are you talking about? But anyway, um I'm sure you can imagine what is uh, going to happen in a few scenes time. But in the meantime, um, you know, they're they're looking for wedding dresses and and Kate Hudson is like, Wow, you should wear this Vera Wang and Anne Hathaway's like, Wow, this is really cute. But no, no, no. I'm I'm the teacher. This is my role. I'm not gonna be flashy like you. So let's create a dichotomy here. I'm wearing my mum's dress. Uh, So Kate Hudson tries on the Vera Wang dress. Uh, They say a very famous line, which we'll come back, which is uh, you, you, Vera Wang doesn't change to suit you. You change to suit Vera Wang or something like that. Um, You know, sucky standards for women's bodies and wedding dresses. But anyway, um, this is apparently very important that you have to remain slim for the Vera Wang dress. Um, and it should be stated uh, that both of these women are impossibly thin and yet they somehow yeah. treat them like they sometimes aren't. Um, anyway. Oh, there's literally a scene where, like, um, Kay Hudson's like, I'm just getting so chubby. And you just look at her and you're just oh, like, yeah, she's like, put, like, a put, on, like two. Yeah, she's like, like, like a size two. And she's like, I've put on five pounds. And I'm like, where the fuck cool. was it? Like, where is it? Where is that five pounds? It's just Did you grow a Jamie. foot? Actually, like... She's actually been cutting fat, but just putting on bulk in terms of muscle. <laughs> 
with all her rage. So look, they're you know they're going yeah. around at this point. They're okay. They're, they're kind of in the planning stages. We, there's a little bit of tension there, but not too much. They go for a run at some point, and uh, Anne Hathaway doesn't wear headphones. And Kate Hudson's like, "Why don't you wear headphones?" And Anne Hathaway's great at running. She's like, "Oh, oh headphones are for people who don't like listening to their own thoughts," which is uh, feels like an attack on me personally. <laughs> Fuck you, Anne Hathaway. But okay, uh, whatever. Look, me and my tinnitus will uh, be waiting outside. Thank you very much. Um, so yes, they eventually come back to uh, the um, organizer, uh, and the organizer is like, uh, "So there was a bit of a mix-up. Uh, you are both on June sixth, uh, and wow. the other lady who came in just after you is on June twenty seventh. Now, this is a big fuck up. This is a big fuck up. She should be fired. Yeah, this is a huge fuck up. It should not be okay. But she then goes. So my my issue with this movie, and I'm gonna I'm gonna set it out now, is that. The premise is so ridiculously absurd. It would never happen in real life. And that's fine. It's a comedy. That's fine. But none of the rest of the movie meets that expectation of how absurd you have to accept this reality to be. And then at the end, I'm also supposed to care about these people as real human beings. But this is absurd. She then also goes, so, yes, I've got another slot on June 16th. And then Anne Hathaway's like, okay, cool, I'll take that. And she's like, three years from now. So Alexander, they came in three months before. They, it, it's fed out that it's three months before. So it's March. In March of, the, of 2009. And they're like, I want to get married in June. And she's like, sweet, I've got three slots in June. And those are her only slots for the next three years. Yeah. Yes. That makes no fucking it's, sense. It's not. It's not one year in June you get that slot, which kind of make, which I guess sort of makes sense. It's that in two years from now, everyone's booked all the slots. In three years from now, in June, everyone's booked all the slots. Yeah, like so you already have this one th- six these month three, period. Yeah, these three slots are the only slots for three. It makes no sense. Additionally, um, we, basically they go, okay, cool. We're gonna go and speak to the other lady, and we'll get them to switch. Um, uh, so they go to Casey Wilson, uh, who is uh, shopping, uh, and basically they try to uh, beat this woman up <laughs> to try and get her to switch. Uh, and Casey Wilson is like, uh, "Nah, I'm not going to do that." Um, Fair enough, as is her right. Yeah, as is her right. right this is a capitalistic society, Jimmy. You don't have to do nothing for no one else. All right, okay, dog eat dog, baby, bride eat bride. Yeah, that's the concept um, of this film. So they they basically agree, like, okay, we'll figure this out. Like, we've got both these slots on June sixth. We'll figure it out. One of us will take it. The other one will get married in three years, or someone will get married somewhere else. We'll figure it out. In they go three away. Years. Yeah. Um, uh, so they go away, and they're, they're having a few little conversations. I can't remember what happens, but basically they're talking um, to some of their friends, and their friends basically like. Um, they make Christ. They they go talk to the kind of like their side friends because at some point there's also a wedding at the beginning and they're kind of like they're meant to be a little bit in a twenty seven dresses situation kind of like the perfect bridesmaids kind of people at the beginning we see their friends and like someone just got married I think actually that's how the film starts like this that of fourteen whatever it doesn't matter but yeah. um they then I think at some point someone a... someone suggests a joint wedding like why don't you just do a joint wedding because you can't get married at the same time uh, like on the same day because you're supposed to be made uh, made of honors yeah. for each other so you couldn't have like all your guests would probably mix so you couldn't have one after the other why don't you do a joint mm-hmm. wedding Chris Pratt is chill with this he's like sounds like a great idea how about you Anna Hathaway and Anna Hathaway's like no no and like I'd like to have one day to myself please um so the cracks are starting to show um but uh Kate Hudson is at, uh, I, I love this. I love this, Alexander. She's at a, isn't it called a, like a letters? A letters. Uh, which is like a a, a, a card shop, basically. A, a, yes. a, a yeah. card shop. 
and she's picking out the save the dates uh, with Marco Rubio. Marco Rubio, you know, he's a man. He doesn't care about you know, these things, he's feeling, Alexander. He, he's just, he's there sexy. He's just like, I don't, it's your body, but my choice, all right? I am elected <laughs> to choose for you, uh, <laughs> and I'm going to choose this calligraphy. Um, but yes, yeah, so they're, they're elected, and he's like, oh, Look, they're just fucking cards. I won't even just send them. Uh, and and she's like, no, this is really important. Now, I would like to establish at this point that I think it is fun. Letters, as far as I can tell, is functionally the same as paper chase. And this woman who is a lawyer is like, look, okay, the save the dates are really important. We have to pick out the best qualities. That's why we are at a paper chase that's where i'm going to get the best quality of invitations that i could possibly get yes. with the money i can buy this is not a very fancy calligraphy shop it is just a paper chase yeah. it is kind of um so, so uh, chris pratt chris pratt calls up marco rubio for some reason i can't remember why but they uh, have a little he chat. also agrees in uh protecting their second amendment <laughs> rights for these guns uh, okay. and just flex their guys just but basically he finds out that they're at a card uh, shop and chris pratt uh, says that to anne hathaway he's like oh yeah no i just chat to marco rubio and he was like uh fuck all women that was a little bit weird but also um they, they were at a paper chase and anne hathaway is like uh, how can you buy save the dates if you don't know what the date is? I thought we were going to wait. She's trying to take it from me. I'm going to be completely unhinged and sends an email which is like full of typos like me wedinga happening June 9th comples xxxxx and sends it to to everyone uh chris pratt admittedly is a, is an arsehole in this movie but at this moment it's a little bit like uh hey maybe well, don't do that that's a little bit weird this, this is my, I, this is where I, I agree with you that something comes out of all of chris pratt's douchebaggery comes as a response to his fiance's complete insanity oh yeah right his fiance loses it and chris pratt's like hey maybe don't don't lose your mind okay maybe <laughs> maybe don't be insane and it's annoying because he's both a douchebag and also most of the time completely correct and being yeah. weirded out by what Anna Hathaway's um, doing because he's actually like a crazy person <laughs> so it's the next day and they are at uh, like a jewel bridal shower with all of their friends uh, and two of their friends are chatting to Kate Hudson and it's like hey you know wasn't that fucking invitation from Anne a little bit fucking weird <laughs> full of typos was... and Kate Hudson's like oh Oh, yeah, no, it was, because Anne Hathaway didn't send it to Kate Hudson. Um, but uh, at this point, Anne Hathaway enters, uh, and they just get in a big old fucking fight. Like, humongous fight. They're like, yeah. you're a bitch. You you always wanted the best. You don't care about me. You were going to send out your things. Oh, you did it before me. And that was <laughs> the first Bride War. Yeah. Um, of the many Bride Wars. Uh, everyone else in the room is is super chill with this. No one's trying to stop them. No one's like, no one's like hey, maybe we can mediate this. They all have terrible friends. Yeah. Uh, so basically, they... they What happens? Whoa, 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 J- Jamie, Jamie, I'm going to throw it out there, right? I know you. You know me. We also know all of our friends. If we were having a massive scream-out row, I guarantee they would all sit there awkwardly and then afterwards go, dude, that's kind of weird. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so now we enter in again where I completely lose any thread of reality in this movie. Because what happens is they just agree to go ahead. They're just both going to have yeah, their June 9th weddings. Charles Someone would stop this happening. 
Yes. Like, like the one parents. of the friends, the parents, like, how does this work logistically? You all have the same friends. The parents would be like, this doesn't fucking work. The organizer would be like, oh, this seems like a pretty risky fucking investment. I feel like these two absolutely unhinged women aren't the safest bet. Maybe I'll just go get two normal women so, and, they'll, and I'll plan their weddings instead. I, I'm sorry, Jamie. How do you think wedding organizers get paid? Is it specifically <laughs> they invest money in the wedding and then they get that sweet, sweet returns on the back well, end, right? No I, free I, Oh, that's how they make the money back. I, I imagine if the wedding doesn't go ahead, they maybe don't get the full no. fee. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Do you pay it I all up pre- front? Well, here's the thing. A lot of the... So, the, the wedding planner will not necessarily, like... They're paying each of the vendors individually. Yeah. And each of those vendors will get a deposit. Yeah. In the same way, I imagine the wedding organizer actually probably would get paid even if the wedding didn't necessarily take place, as long as the wedding day happens. So, like, I think they would get paid for... It's probably like a consulting fee or something where you you, you kind of have a payday at the end after the wedding, and you probably still get paid that even if the wedding... Like, so there's a runaway bride kind of situation. But I also reckon you probably pay for a package. And I think that... I imagine maybe you have insurance on that. I don't know. Who knows? I'm not Who knows? Married. Either way, I still don't think this would happen. <laughs> I still no, think I... someone would stop this happening. No, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But they plow ahead. They need to now find new maid of honours. What's good for profit, right? Um... I learned I learned this week, Alexander, there is someone who posts on TikTok and Instagram a lot uh, that she is a uh, bridesmaid for hire. She like brags about yes. being the, the only bridesmaid for hire uh, in like, it, like I started my own business. I'm the f- world's first bridesmaid for hire. And it made me so sad. She was she was like really upbeat about it. And I'm like, absolutely. If you have found a market where people will pay for this, you go. But it made me so sad. <laughs> Jamie, I'm just throwing it out here. That woman is looking for a development deal, okay? And people <laughs> should give it to her. Oh, absolutely. Right? So I will watch that film. I will watch that film, and yeah. hopefully it will be better than this film. Anyway, uh, they're trying to find new maid of honors. Um, apparently, they have no friends. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, this is crazy. So, so Kate Hudson picks her actual friends. Yeah, I think who will side with Kate Hudson because, to be fair, Anne Hathaway lost her marbles. Um, no, actually, that's a like. Kate Hudson doesn't pick her actual friends. Kate Hudson picks her assistant. Oh, um, yes. Which uh, is weird. Her, uh, yes. her, like, actual paid assistant, she's like, you're now my best... My, you're yep. now my maid of honour. Maid of honour. That's and, called M-A-T-E, and, like yes. the film with um, McDreamy. Yes, um, and, and he is now her, like, Machiavellian sidekick for the rest of the movie. Um, sure. Anne Hathaway picks... Uh, a random co-worker at her school She's who terrible. is horrible to her. Her bully. She picks um, her bully. Yeah, like someone who we've been introduced before and is just like, hey, Anne, uh, could you take my uh, out-of-school work? That'd be great. Okay, bye. Um, she's a horrible woman. Um, oh, goodness, what happens next? They're going through the wedding planning. Uh, well, so this, at this point, it just kind of... So what happens now, really, is just like... This is the part where kind of pl- for a long time plot stops kind of happening and like what it's happens is like constantly like pranking each other. Yeah. yeah. If we were so talking the f- in screenwriting yeah. terms, it's like escalation. All right. Yeah. So the this first where- one I think is uh, Anne Hathaway sends chocolates to uh, Kate Hudson's office, pretending it's the husband, um, yeah. and and of course, fiance. you know, Kate fiance. Hudson, proto husband or a fiance. <laughs> um, uh, Kate Hudson, obviously, she's a woman, so she just can't put eat Look, just one chocolate. It's, it's <laughs> worse than that. It is that Kate Hudson used to be fat, 
and therefore Anne Hathaway and she had low confidence because of that. So Anne Hathaway is trying to ruin her wedding day by making her fat again. Yeah. And making her um, emotionally Because eat. of and course this is the weirdest thing to do. You change for Vera Wang, Vera Wang doesn't change for you. Yeah. Um so yeah, she's she's just scoffing down these chocolates uh, that her assistant keeps bringing to her. Um so in response, uh, Anne, she learns that Anne Hathaway and Chris Pratt are going to get dancing lessons. Uh, so she, I don't, I don't really get where she hires uh, Paul Shear from, but she hires Paul Shear somehow. Uh, Paul Shear is an extremely weird man who is just teaching them wacky dance moves. He's not a real dance teacher. It's not the worst prank in the world. I don't really yeah. get it. You paid this man. Their dance thing ends. They're knackered on on the floor. And then the actual dance teacher turns up and goes, uh, hey, we here for the dance uh, thing. Uh-huh. Now, other than the fact that they're knackered they could just now have the regular dance lesson it's not and also they don't have to now do what paul shear told them it's a terrible prank um anyway Um, so kind of at some escalating and escalating things happen like um uh anne hathaway is going to go get spray tan and kate hudson just ramps up the intensity of the spray tan and therefore gets she she becomes like like ross from friends level orange um we we have around here the part where she doesn't fit into the dress uh and and she's the like, exact same size she's, she's exactly, exactly like like I, I i i want to make it clear that, that at this point she the movie decides to present her in her underwear and she is just rake skinny just absolutely the skinniest fucking person you've ever seen and it's really annoying that they're like oh god she's too fat for the vera wank like ugh. anyway um so yeah, Anne Hathaway's... There's a version of that in Mean Girls where like Regina George, they're like they're trying to make Regina gain weight, but they actually make things tight. Like you know what I mean? They they like yeah, either they... like slightly pad her out or whatever. But it kind of it makes it's kind of funnier in that, and also just like because Mean Girls is a much funnier film. Yeah, but also just like yeah, like they're not just like Kay Hansen in her underwear being like I'm so large. <laughs> Um, I'm going to give people eating disorders by doing this. It's terrible. So uh, uh, we then have the next prank is that uh, Kate Hudson is getting her hair done. And Anne Hathaway goes and sprays like purple hair dye in um, her. Um, in it. So yeah, she's got, I, I don't think it's purple. I think it's blue. But whatever, I'm colorblind. Leave me alone. Um, so Kate Hudson responds by telling people that Anne Hathaway is pregnant. So she gets a bunch of um, a, a fantastic prank by Kate Hudson. Anne Hathaway gets a bunch of free gifts. <laughs> oh, crazy. Um, so then it is um, Kate Hudson's uh, bright, what do you call it? Bridal shower? No, what do you call it? The hen party. Hen party, thank you. Um, And they uh, have gone to a uh, male strip club. Now, before we get into this scene, I just want to delve... I I don't understand how this has become a thing, Alexander. How has it become a thing for both men and women to, like, go to a strip club before they get married? Like, oh, last chance to do this. Now, Alexander... It is perfectly fine if within your relationship, the boundaries are set that you're allowed to go to a strip club. But if those are the boundaries in your relationship, 
that won't change after you get married. Yes, Either yeah. you are allowed to go to a strip club before and after marriage by the boundaries of your relationship, or you are not. The marriage does not change those rules. Why is this a thing, Alexander? And also, I mean, there's also that I just find strip clubs in general a little bit weird, but we could, but there's no point in getting into that. Just yeah. specifically no, 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 as no, a head to a Can you imagine, like, I'm getting married, and then it's you and all of our friends sitting awkwardly staring into <laughs> our cocktails, being like, I really don't want to be here why are these people taking their clothes off no one would look at each other for the rest of the night we'd all feel very weird about it i'm like fairly sure at least 50 percent of us have an erection right now and i don't want to know that <laughs> uh yeah very 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 strange um but anyway so they are in the strip club um and the dj is like I hear there's a bride in here tonight. Let's have some fun. Uh, so a police officer man uh, picks her up and, and gets her on stage and goes, oh, you're under arrest for being sexy. Uh, and yeah. then Anne Hathaway stands up and goes, I'm also a bride. And everyone's like, what? This is a bride war. <laughs> this is the second bride war. Um, so Anne Hathaway gets bride up on stage and shows up Kate Hudson by... Um, sexy dancing while she's uh, while she's orange wild. oh she's going right. crazy baby she's Everyone where did she it. learn she's all these moves um, she's, free, she's changed all right yeah chris pratt doesn't like that chris pratt doesn't <laughs> like that she's he's like you're changing and you're being weird and you know what she is being weird because she's literally jamie can you imagine if ellen was trying to sabotage someone else's <laughs> wedding <laughs> if that became her personality like whoever if like your i don't know your mum one day just like dedicated her life to ruining someone else's most special day like you'd be like that's weird mum like, we need imagine, to talk about it imagine we're getting married and uh, we're, we're, we're both getting married and and oh, Alyssa walks in on you one time and you're like taking a shit on my suit. Alyssa <laughs> 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 was like, what the fuck, hell? <laughs> I know the person I decided to marry probably wouldn't shit on someone's suit. Oh, dear. Yeah, and anyway. that's what she's kind of doing. So, yeah. like, Chris Pratt's being a douchebag, but also all of his douchebaggery is completely justified yeah. for the plot um, of the film. So, uh, Kate Hudson is uh, at at work the next day and I want to talk about this scene because it's very strange uh, she's forgotten she was supposed to go and dye her hair and she forgot but she's got a big business meeting so she takes her shirt off and wraps it round her hair uh, and everyone's like that's a little bit weird what are you doing and then she takes the like it unravels and they're like wow your hair is blue now Alexander her hair is blue she is also shirtless she is shirtless and wearing just a uh, a jacket and a bra. And I think it says so much about this film and corporate America in general that the thing that the other people in the meeting are more annoyed by is her blue hair and not the fact that she is shirtless in a business meeting. I feel like that is a more unprofessional thing that you should get annoyed by. Oh, dear. Oh, goodness, this film. Um, so, yeah, she's she's really annoyed. I think also her hair starts falling out at this point. Um, uh, and we cut back to Anne Hathaway. Uh, and Anne Hathaway is, I don't know, mixing up a stink bomb or something. She's, get, she's on, on her next harebrained scheme. Uh, and, and Chris Pratt is like, uh, hey, everything chill? You're, like, pretty different. I, like... Is this how it's going to be forever? Or is this just like how it is now? And Anne Hathaway's like, maybe this is how it's going to be forever. And I'm like, what? 
<laughs> your, your personality now is gonna be fighting with your friend who's getting mad. You're just gonna be going wedding to wedding, sabotaging yeah. marriages. That's your she's personality like weird, now. She's like a weird Mrs. Havisham who's just compelled <laughs> to continually live in the state of like wedding terrorism. Jamie, uh, here's the yeah. real question: Yeah, if your partner, and from this, I'm taking out the context of either our partners, but if okay. your partner started doing this, to what extent would you think about maybe it was time to call the emergency services and maybe have them like put under temporary supervision? Because, because <laughs> to be I, honest, like, I I think I would definitely need to like. In, I would bring it up in a very different way than Chris yeah. Pratt does in this movie, but it, it would be we need to sit yeah. down. Are you okay? Like, are yeah. you have like, what is causing this? Are yeah. you having a psychotic break? Is there anything I can do to stop this? <laughs> <laughs> so just, just can you just like mid shit just stop? Are you okay? <laughs> just stop taking a dump on that suit and talk to me about it. But no, it's, it's, it's absolutely nuts. So we kind of um, get closer to the wedding, and I think we kind of get to the wedding. There's nothing really... There's a no. plot point where I think a couple times Kate Hudson tries to... Anne Hathaway doesn't. Anne Hathaway's gone off the bridge. But um, Kate Hudson tries to, like, uh, kind of broach peace with... Um, yeah, I think they're running at one point, and Kate Hudson's but Anne like, Hathaway's hey! now wearing headphones because yeah, she like, can't deal with her own thoughts yeah, anymore. Yeah, fucking sprints out. Um, she also meets up with... Uh, Kate Hudson's brother, who is who is the best man, I believe, oh at uh, at the other wedding. Uh, he just runs into her on the street, and he's like, and he doesn't go, "Hey, this is fucking wild. What's going on?" Uh, he's like, "Hey, maybe we should go for a walk. Let's go hang out." Um, he's going to get his suit suit fitted or something, and and they have a little conversation, and you know, he's just trying to be like, "Hey, maybe, maybe just like, maybe you guys should just like make up. That'd be nice. Maybe just make up. Stop being crazy." Um, but we get to the day of the wedding. Uh, Kate Hudson is uh, with her assistant, uh, her, and she tells her she's 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 relatively making amends. She she doesn't want mm-hmm. she's sort she's not making amends, but she's like I'm done. Like I don't want this fight anymore. And she remembers that she was going to play a DVD to project on uh, Anne Hathaway's wedding. And she tells her assistant, "Oh shit, no! You got you got to go. You got to go. You got to switch it." And the assistant leaves. He goes, "Yeah, I'm going to go do that." And then he chucks it in the bin. He's like you'll thank me one day because apparently this guy's way bitchier than anyone else in this movie for no reason um and hathaway is within uh, with for her. no reason jamie it's because the character's gay this film <laughs> hates this character and it's really mean it's i i don't like it, it um uh, we then and, have no we then have uh, some strange man go up to k hudson uh, before wait um, before that we do have Anne Hathaway falling out with her maid of honor her shitty maid of honor and Anne Hathaway is like oh come on why can't you just not be shit like please just on this day can you be a maid of honor and I'm like this is on you Anne you chose this terrible person yeah. and then like like if if I chose someone who I know shits on suits <laughs> that's my best man and then I walk in on him shitting on my suit I've got to take that L that's me that did that yeah. um uh but yes strange man walks in um strange man walks in and strange man is like to to Kate Hudson like hey as uh, like as um, okay this part of the conversation where I found so bizarre where he's like as a representative of my generation I know like I I, I want to speak for those who aren't here and say like, I know they wish all the best for you. Now, I didn't know who this man was. I didn't know what he was talking about when he was like, as a representative of my generation, I want to speak for those who aren't here. Yeah. Okay, Hudson's like, I love you too. Turns out he's Anne Hathaway's dad. Yes, he is I Anne Hathaway's dad. Um, I, I think 
I, I think they don't expressly tell you, but you get the uh, the idea that they know him somehow because yeah, yes, they're all yeah, referring yeah. to him as Mister Something. And I bet I bet you what I bet you they're saying Mister Allen or whatever uh, Anne Hathaway's character's name is. Oh, and, we and, remember. And, and you're supposed to remember Anne Hathaway's surname uh, in this movie. Anyway, he goes to Anne Hathaway as well, uh, and is like, "Hey, baby." Uh, you okay? How'd you going crazy? This is weird. Um, they have a little, uh, little heart to heart. Now, uh, the Anne Hathaway. Mum is there, but says nothing. Yes, uh, Anne Hathaway and Kate Hudson uh, go to go to their weddings, uh, which are across conveniently the across the hall from each other. Uh, again, at this point, I would like to pause. What is going on with the guest lists here? Like, like, like what has happened? They've all got the same friends. They've, they've literally been in several the entire time. Like, no friends would... Like, if we decided to have our weddings on the same fucking day, like, cool. Miles is going to stop us from doing that. Or at least yeah. sit us down and have a conversation of, like, what the fuck am I supposed to do here? Like, whose wedding am I supposed to go to? Mine, um, Miles. You come to mine. <laughs> you live with Jamie, but you still come to mine, all right? Yeah, come to mine. Um, uh, so they they have like a little look of reconciliation. They're like, "Oh, this is a little yeah, bit." Yeah, they're like, "Oh, how did how did but, we get here?" Um, uh, but Anne Hathaway is being walked down the aisle by her dad. Uh, I believe um, uh, Kate Hudson is being walked down the aisle by her brother. Brother. Um, as she is walking down the aisle, the DVD plays, and what's this? It's being projected Uh-oh. of Anne Hathaway partying. She's ha- she's cutting loose. She's going wild. She's been drinking. She's dancing topless on the table, and like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm built different, Alexander. I feel I would laugh this off. I feel yes, like this is take, like. Yeah. It's ridiculous. You're funny, and also you have a communicative relationship with your, hopefully, with your partner, right? Like, if your partner came ever like did any of that stuff, you probably would a know. Yeah, be, like yeah, that's weird, the thing. But like funny and like I don't things get, go like, wrong at a wedding. That's fine. I get that it's a little bit embarrassing. That's not what you want played on your wedding day. I don't get if the impression is everyone is supposed to be scandalized that she did yeah. these things. <gasps> but anyway, never teach in this town again. Oh, uh, but anyway, she uh, goes. She she's furious. She stumps through across no, the hall. No, and then isn't Chris Pratt also like, that will never happen again while we're married? He's like, Chris Pratt throws out a weird line, which is something along the lines of like, that will like, you, you won't be allowed to do that while we're married. That's like... I, I, I think you're over... I, I think he does say something. I think you're overstating a little no, bit. No, I, 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 I think it is something like that. Like, it is, it is something where like, he has a little bit of a villain turn. Okay, one second. I'm turning the subtitles on <laughs> so I can read. You, you carry on, and I will tell you what. Uh... Right, she gets pissed. She runs yep. down. She runs into the other wedding. Okay, the, the doors are open between the two, so people can see across what's happening. She then rug, flying rugby tackles, uh, illegally rugby tackles. Uh, Kate Hudson putting her to the floor. They're on the floor together, and they kind of just reconcile. It's kind of confusing why she sort of like has ruined Kate Hudson's wedding, and the thing she realizes she's gone too far. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. And uh, I, I would, I would like it known that Chris Pratt does not say anything in this moment. He but, he gives her a little bit of a disapproving look. That's all I, he does. He I does not say some, anything. I think at some other point in the film, then Chris Pratt's like, this isn't going to, like, it, I, like, I won't know. He says something along the lines about allowing you to do something. Or like allowing this kind of behavior. That may well happen. Okay. Uh, I, but I will say that in this moment, you have sure, disparaged you're, you're, you're the okay. good name of Chris Jamie, I watched this film like three weeks ago. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, they, they've, they've gotten a scrap. I would like to say about the scrap that they are really fucking wildly going at each other. And there's two things I want to bring up about that. Firstly, the, the best man just goes, nah, 
let them go at it. And I'm like, no, it's, no, don't. It's like in the 2014 Godzilla when it's just like, <laughs> let them fight. Yeah, no, don't let them fight. Pull them apart. They might hurt each other. Um, but also after this, like... Uh, they they make a real point of like these people have really gone fucking ham on each other and like their dresses are slightly oh, disheveled and they've made no other efforts to make it look even slightly like these people aren't still the most gorgeous people in the room yeah. like their the hair isn't even ruffled like come on if you're gonna make it go to that level just make them look like shit who gives a shit like uh but yeah uh they they have a little hug uh, and Anne Hathaway walks to the back of the room. And this is what you've been setting up for. And I do not believe that the film sets up for this. Like, or at least not enough. Uh, but Anne Hathaway walks to the back of the room and goes to Chris Pratt. You don't want to fucking marry me, do you? I've changed and I'm not the person who I was when we met. And so I think you know this too. And he's like, yep, guess we're not getting married. And like they're super chill about this like it's yeah. not an incredibly they've, harrowing they've spent, i'm gonna have to say probably about 30 to 40 grand on this wedding probably and they're both like okay yeah yeah you know, uh, and hathaway goes to kate hudson and is the kate hudson's like oh i'm so sorry this is my fault and Anne hathaway's like well no it's yeah. fine like we were falling we were we were clearly so wrong for each other like this movie so makes it clear right like chris pratt isn't just having reasonable no, responses just... to his wife his fiance that's, going that's fucking mental chris pratt has is emotion like Chris Pratt responds in a way a normal human being would respond, but the justifications for his response are always bad. So they are always things like I liked the demure Anne Hathaway. I don't like this new crazy Anne Hathaway kind of thing. And it's meant to be kind of like it's meant to be like he's choosing stuff for her kind of thing. And very much like it's a very like old fashioned kind of thinking. And when as Anne Hathaway gets crazy, I think we're meant to think she's being liberated. And that's good. However, she behaves abominably. Yes. So it's not that she needs to be scolded by her partner, but it does need to be that her partner needs to like be like, are you okay? Yes. And, and, and you know what? Completely fair that he would no longer want to marry this insane woman. Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, in further insane choices, uh, she decides to stay for the wedding in her wedding dress. No one thinks yeah. this weird. Also, let, what's going through the rest of the guests at Kate Hudson's wedding's mind? Like, there are definitely some people who have no clue what's been going on. Yeah. And they're Maybe. just like, what the fuck? Anyway. And then we get a montage. So that yeah, they don't they don't give Anne Hathaway five minutes to just go and change and do anything that's not a goddamn wedding dress. Uh the the wedding dress in which she has been left at the altar, essentially. Maybe no, she, no, did, she left someone at the altar. She left she someone left at the altar. Either it's way. Empowering Jamie. She's married herself, okay? Um, um she, there's a there's a wedding montage as uh the lady from Miss Geniality, uh kind of gives a voiceover she's been giving a voiceover all the way through this and it's been a very bad voiceover i yep. don't want to talk about it it sucks we then flash forward to a couple of years from like a year from now uh, well from no now. At, at the wedding uh specifically um the the best man goes you know what the best time to flirt with a woman is when she is wearing the wedding dress on the day of her cancelled wedding. Let's dance, baby! Uh, and so that sets up. Uh, I think Kate, like Kate Hudson, Marco Rubio goes to Kate Hudson and is like, uh, Kate Hudson's like, oh, look, they're dancing. Marco Rubio just goes, oh, let it happen. Because Marco Rubio is a savant and knows that this will be the fastest developing relationship to ever happen. So it is one year later. It is now June 6th. And Anne Hathaway is back from her honeymoon. She, she has left someone at the altar and is married again within a year. Now, 
even like even if with the short the short wedding planning that this film thinks you have of three months, say they say they had the exact same three months, they decided to get married in March, got married in June. That means they got engaged after nine fucking months. And not just after true. nine months, nine months immediately after she <laughs> fucking left someone at the altar. Now, now, Jamie, as someone who uh, has taken, uh, has been with his partner for like seven years uh, and still is not engaged, uh, of course, this is very alien to me. I will <laughs> say that there are people who this does happen for, um, you know, more power to them. That is a choice. It is not a choice I would make. Um, uh, but so I respect they, but they your both, ability to choose. Uh, yes. So they're like, how was your holiday going? And then and Hathaway goes, oh, I'm not drinking. Uh, and Kate Hudson goes, oh, I'm not drinking either. And then it takes them way too long. It takes them a solid five seconds to realize that they're both pregnant, despite the fact it's very fucking clear. And they're both pregnant. And also, here's the other thing, Alexander. I don't don't know a lot about babies, but they both already know that this baby is due on March 6th, which is nine months from when they currently are. I don't believe you find out your due date like the immediate immediately after you like like the the cum goes in and a fucking calendar update comes Jesus. up. <laughs> getting Google notification. Um, um, but yeah, so they both know that their their babies are due on the same day. Now they're freaked out about this. Firstly, what why is that a big thing? Like the movie what like but what if they weren't due on the same day one of them would be there holding their fucking hand while they shit themselves giving birth like no it would, be, it would i learned a lot about female biology this week Alexander. um but uh no it, it's not a fucking big deal even if they do give birth on the same day also realistically those due dates are not likely to be exact and they probably won't give birth on the same day it's not a big deal. i like that's what you hung up on right anyway let's talk about this it's film. the end of this movie uh before oh, no, we talk so we about got- this movie of course it's time for Anagrams, the uh, part of the show where we make an anagram of this uh, movie's title um, uh, using the letters because that's how anagram works, uh, but trying to describe the plot. Uh, I have one, Alexander. I'm not particularly happy with it. I have two. Okay, you, we'll, we'll go. We'll go one, two, three. Then I'll you give the one. worst. I'll give the worst one first. Okay. So my my worst one is that um, you know if you like both uh, men and women in this film, there's a lot of candy uh, for you to look at, and you might describe it as by rewards. Oh, very good. In fact, there there is also there is a canonically maybe bisexual character in this film which is very progressive for a 2009 film at the wedding casey wilson is very drunk uh for some reason casey wilson is at the wedding i don't know why um she's a friend i don't think oh she no is. you're right that is weird that that's is weird. really weird i don't but anyway uh, she's yeah. at the wedding and i believe that she's talking to the assistant um uh and she goes uh hey are you single uh and he goes yes and then she goes, are you straight? And he says, I don't like labels. And you know what? That's a rel- that's a relatively progressive <laughs> statement to, to both yeah. ask whether, not assume someone is straight and also get, recognize that, you know, sexuality is a spectrum. Well done, 2009 comedy for not having a... Cr- married? I've, I've no- oh, maybe it's not. Maybe it's, maybe it's supposed to be... The, maybe either it's one of the characters. I'm fairly sure it's Casey Wilson. Maybe right. there's a little subplot that right. I missed that her uh, wedding what was your part. What was your pun? Uh, my pun, uh, of course, as uh, two women at the end of the film get pregnant, uh, my anagram is Ride Raw. Jesus. <laughs> the um, best I got. Nice. My, nice. Uh, today, this week, Jamie learned a lot about how babies are made. <laughs> um, so with this, uh, I will say that, of course, uh, you know, apparently... Uh, we see a lot of Kate Hudson in her underwear. We see a lot of people in their underwear. And you might comment on that, uh, you know, undergarments as a weird bra. 
Okay, good. Uh, I have checked it. It's not Casey Wilson's character. There's not a weird... It's just one of the weddings at the... Uh, one of the guests at the wedding. Um, anyway, so let's talk about this film. I think I think I've, I've sort of set up my main issue with this film, which is that... Uh, and, and that is expressed... Uh, that is brought up and, and, and cemented upon by the ending of this film, where I'm supposed to care about the relationship between these two friends. That, the, you know, the reconciliation of their friendship is something I should be invested in. And I'm not invested in it for many reasons. Uh, firstly, they're both horrible people. Like the 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 idea that if you shat on my fucking suit, I would mm. I would make up with you. No, no, I would not. Both of them have done absolutely irrevocable damage to their relationship. This is not a oh, weren't we silly? What a silly argument. They've been absolutely horrible human beings to each other for six months. And one of them uh, for three months. And one of them has just like had their wedding destroyed on the fucking day of the wedding. It's ridiculous that they would make up and I don't care that they do. I also don't care that, about the relationship between them other than the fact that they're terrible people because the stakes of this film make no sense. Like like I say, the setup is absurd. It would never, ever, ever get to the situation where both these weddings would be happening on the same day. Just, there's no reality where that happens. And that's fine. Comedies can be absurd and they can take me to a level where it's absurd. But I'm not then going to care about the reality of the situation because you've not cared about the reality of the progression up to the ultimate uh, ending of that situation. And on top of that, most of the comedy is not, like, hitting that level of absurd. If you want to go for a really crazy, uh, over-the-top, wacky film, um, that's fine. But this film doesn't really go for that. Um, I think this film is a precursor for what Bridesmaids eventually does a lot better. Bridesmaids hits the like ha has a much more believable premise yeah. it's just someone who's like was childhood friends with someone and then sort of lost contact with them and now they've changed a little bit and you know they've got new friends and that's a believable premise which then you can have heightened absurd comedic situations around but i can still care about the the main character and their journey because i believe and understand where their emotions are coming from these two people uh are insane uh and therefore i don't care about them what did you think about this movie, Alexander? Here's my thing. I I honestly believe because there were some like funny people who wrote the script. Right? Yeah, that's that's what's I, weird. I can honestly believe there is a version of this film that is what I think the weirder moments of this film show it's kind of trying to be right. So in the weird kind of montage moments where it almost feels like a satire on movies about brides and stuff. Yeah, I kind of think. You know, even the fact that it's described as a romantic black comedy, it's not a black comedy because it's not really, nothing really dark enough happens. No. I can believe that there'll be a version of this in which people would escalate, in which, like, things get crazy enough, maybe someone, like, almost, you know, like, like the film Bachelor Party, almost, in a way, where, like, things get that level of insane. I just right? need the fuck out Whereas, of my desk. In reality, what this feels like is maybe someone at one point wrote a very, very good script and a studio came in and a studio just took out all the things that made it a black comedy. You know, they took out all the things that made it edgy. They took out all the things that actually made it like absurd. And they kind of sanded it off and they sanded it off and they sanded it off and they sanded it off. And they kind of got to the end and they were like, well, here's what we got. And what they got was a film which, because it's no longer like absurd, like it's absurd, but it's not you know it's not funny crazy it's not none of the jokes work it's not funny no, no it's instead not, it's what really you're just left funny. with is a film which kind of suggests like 
is a film which to me and I both I hate I live with two women who both like this film. To me it's a film that I swear to Yeah, they both like this film. I don't no, no, but they also like what they also like a lot of very bad films. So I'm not gonna okay. I'm not gonna say that I they mean, have good taste. Uh, okay. El- Ellen also likes a lot of bad films and she hated this movie. Well, that, here's my thing. I especially for especially for rom coms, I have a very high tolerance for bad or like things which might be like a two star rom com. I don't yeah. have a lot of tolerance for one star things. This is definitely spoilers a one star thing in terms of how good it is. But they they enjoy this film. But like for me, it's a film which I borderline think dislikes women, or at least like, oh yeah, oh it's, yeah. It's, it's like it it feels despite the fact that it's written by women, I, and I I will charitably say that I think it was probably like went through so many revisions that it no longer really looks like the original thing, probably because you know they they are funny people. It's. It took what, like, if you take an absurd... If you take, like, Caddyshack, or if you take, like, a TV show, like... Or, you know how everyone's, like, the Friends characters are evil? Yeah. The Friends characters, like, you know, sure, I guess they're crappy people, but, like, it's a comedy, and it's all kind of absurd. So, like, within the sense of they're making you laugh, they're not bad people. Because they're not making me laugh at any point, they, and they are just being bad people. Yeah. And specifically, all the jokes are based on like, aren't women like Bridezilla kind of tropes? Yeah, exactly. those tropes are kind of it, those tropes are inherently sort of misogynistic, and because they are being used here in a completely non-humorous way, it doesn't. You know, you can use problematic tropes for comedy, and sometimes you can even use it without necessarily criticizing the trope itself, as long as the joke is funny enough. And yeah. none of the jokes here work. It no. is not a funny film. Oh, and it's just poor around. So like one, one, one star. You're going, it, you're going for a strong like, one. So. Uh... <laughs> You, you, you've you've jumped over the the you've jumped over the boat. I don't even know what fucking saying. No, jump the gun. Uh, in this, of course, for people who don't know, we rate these films on four different categories. Uh, we have the movie itself out of five, Anne Hathaway's performance out of five, the Anne Hathaway sweetheart ometer. How much of uh, America's sweetheart is Anne Hathaway in this film? Uh, then we have the list of Anne's mans, where we are ranking uh, numerically every single of Anne's love interests throughout the films. Uh, and then we will, of course, be deciding whether we are stashing away this film, whether we are going think this film will galvanize humanity to fight back against the aliens. So you've gone for a one. Uh, obviously, you don't do decimal points. I do do decimal points. The lowest I've gone other than Havoc, which is going to remain a zero uh, forever, is 0.3 for Other Side of Heaven. Do I think this was worse than Other Side of Heaven? That is a difficult question. Uh, I, I, oh, I, I think it is marginally less harmful uh, than than other side of heaven. So I'm going to give it a zero point five. But yeah, this film is is not good. And and no. I I am. It's fine. I can say this because uh, obviously your girlfriend Alyssa is forty two weeks behind uh, on the podcast, so she won't hear me saying this until around November this year. Uh, I am slightly judging your girlfriend for having liked this no. movie. Alyssa again. Alyssa loves a load of films which I really dislike. She loves white chicks. I really don't like white chicks. Like, I, you know, it is her right to like films which are complete garbage. But this is one. It's not like a you've got mail thing where I was like, okay, this is average. And she loves. It's this is a bad film. And like, it's not even a so bad, it's good. It's just bad. No, it's yeah, it's definitely not a so bad, it's good. Let's Uh, talk really about performances. Yeah. I actually, like, honestly... This is a, this is another case of look. They got paid out of this, right? They made they made money. Um, I guess go out there and make that. But you are you are both simultaneously, and it, like as an actor, you're an entertainer, but you're also an artist. 
that, and there is nothing really artistically redeeming about this and to get like to i don't know what point they hopped on this project but i can't imagine picking up the script for this and thinking this is going to do well like oh this is a good film other than you got a big paycheck from it yeah so i i i'm going to normally i'm like I, this is even something like havoc i at least respected that she's trying to do something different this is like a very i like you are it's judged not by the, this you are bad judged not just by the performances. Yeah, you're not just judged by the performances. You are judged by the projects Wonderful. you choose to take. Yeah. And Anne Hathaway is at a level, at least I believe, maybe I'm wrong, uh, but she is yeah. a level at this point in her career where she can be a little bit more discerning than perhaps yeah. she is being. Um, <laughs> and again, if you got paid, you got paid. But I don't have to sit here and say that. Like I thought it was. I think the material is bad and therefore I think your performance can't get that much better than the material. So like, I'm, I'm going to probably give it a one just because I really dislike Ooh, the film and I wish I didn't rough. have to watch it. I, 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 I think in terms of what she has to do and the characterizations they decide for who she is, uh, I hope you're enjoying my uh, doorbell going off there. Oh, oh, what a wild podcast. Anything could happen. We're recording in the wild. Um, yeah, I, I don't think she's that bad person for, for what, the film is trying to make i think she hits the, the the notes that it needs to but i think she's bad i think she's a bad choice i think she's it's bad casting to cast Anne hathaway in this film because because they 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 seem to decide that they want to go they what they want to go for is that Anne hathaway is going to be the grounding level for this that people are going to engage with Anne hathaway because she is a good actress and and therefore people will want to root for her even if she's going crazy but it needs a more overtly comedic performer. It, it, I, I don't understand why Anne Hathaway and Kate Hudson were cast in this. You need more overtly comedic performers, like getting Kristen Wiig for Bridema Bridesmaids. That's a better fit. And I don't know. I think I've been looking through Anne Hathaway's IMDb. I think she soon after this kind of realizes that she's not a comedy star. I think around this time, am, am I wrong? I'm looking through this. I think, she, I think she, I think she goes back into trying to get an Oscar, but like I think the last four or five films she's made, at least in the most, re I think she goes back into making comedy films later. I guess that yeah, there's the Intern, which is is comedic, I believe. The Intern, yeah. Ocean's Eight. Ocean's um, Eight. Well, I so the Hustle. I think I think uh, the Hustle is comedic. Fuck, oh, I'm not looking forward to it. Um, because I I just I just don't think Anne Hathaway is a particularly gifted comedic performer at least from what we've seen so far I think she does very well in light films that have you know lightly comedic elements like the the uh, Princess Diaries movies or like Ella Enchanted but I personally uh, would never uh, be so bold as to call those actively comedies and yeah. anything where we've seen her actually being like actually having to play like lead a expressly comedic film i've just sure. not been that impressed thus far okay. and i'm i'm so, maybe that'll change you know people people can develop maybe it? maybe maybe she's going to be better in in the intern and the hustle and oceans eight who knows sure. but but for now i'm i'm glad we're getting back to a little bit of uh dramatic anne sure. hathaway so uh i'm i'm gonna give her a 2.5 i'm not gonna go as low as you cool. did um um uh, sweet sweet Hunter. Hunter. I, I i think annoyingly it's kind of high on this for me i'd probably say like a four like this is very much like what i think america wants out of anne hathaway <laughs> which is to say like rom-com which is like the less challenging stuff and i i, I dislike it but like yeah four. i think i agree i think it, it's not not quite the princess diaries heights we've seen but i'll give it a four as well um right. 
and then, then we have Anne's Mans. Anne's Mans. So of course we have to put Chris Pratt somewhere on this list. Of course, uh, harmless doe, doughy 2009 Chris Pratt, but Chris Pratt nonetheless. Uh, I think uh, I, I don't know. He kind of sucks. He he kind of sucks. He's definitely going yeah. low. Like I I even even taken out of it that before I put Lawrence Fox at the bottom just because he's Lawrence Fox. Um, even just the characters, just not great. I, I think, like you say, he's he's having reasonable reactions to the things that are happening, uh, but he's perhaps going about them the wrong way uh, for someone whom whomst he uh, claims to love. Uh, so I think, th- and this isn't even sexy Chris Pratt at the time. It's it's a not particularly good looking Chris Pratt. So I think he has to go low. Um, yeah. Uh, I think I think he's gonna go lower than the ghost from passengers Ooh. last week by the way alexander we have a, a, a hot friend's thoughts coming in from my girlfriend friend's thoughts um you said last week that patrick wilson is related to luke wilson he's just not he's just straight up not he's not related to to the wilson brothers at all um you, so you, you you have been called out you lied oh. uh, but uh speaking of he's yes he's going to go below uh, patrick wilson as the ghost in uh passengers from last week but just above the faux gangster from havoc uh, so, uh, Chris Pratt, who I don't have a funny nickname for for this one, is slotting in there fourth from bottom. Yeah. For me, Chris Pratt is a little bit higher up in there. He's uh, below Nicholas Nickleby and above Maxwell Smarts, uh, which is to say he, he's in the category of like, I don't know, he's kind of pretty, but like he's below the, uh, he's, he's above the category, which is to say actively awful, god awful boyfriends. So like the ghost, Mr. Collins, Prince Party's pranks and Papier Mache, but he's be- at the bottom of the actual the, the relatively acceptable list um yeah. and so with that alexander uh, are you going to stash away this film no god no, no, no. no never, never. of course not uh, so when we don't stash away things and we uh, set aside ourselves as uh, sort of mentally trying to make this an hour and 20 minutes podcast, then we are over that because we can never commit to any time unless we actually have a clock next to us. Uh, next so week, let's get through these uh, next. Yeah, next week. Absolutely. We'll, we'll keep it down. Don't worry, guys. Um, so uh, what are you going to present to humanity to galvanize them this week if we are not presenting I Bride Wars? I have burnt through four seasons of it in like two weeks. Uh, it is the TV show Cougar Town. Uh, it is the follow-up series from uh, the guy who did Scrubs. It's really good fun. Courtney Cox is great in it. They're all just drinking an absurd amount of wine. Cougar Town is great. Long live CT. Uh, I, this week, am going to <laughs> uh, aspirationally... Uh, present all the people who make graphics cards uh, because I don't know if anyone who, who knows this graphics cards have been uh, kind of sold out everywhere uh, for like six months uh, and I am considering building a PC but I need to be able to buy a graphics card so I'm I'm sending all of my energy to the people who make graphics cards to hope that I can potentially buy one so I can build a PC because I'm going insane Alexander and I just want to do something that's not look at a screen and so I'm going to build a screen instead <laughs> so with that of course you can follow us at blanks bank pod at jamie p Lockson, at al underscore c's underscore stuff and alexander what else can they be doing between now and next week when it is the lord's day it is easter next weekend they must praise the lord and what must else they be doing Okay, Alexander has stopped recording. Frankly, uh, well, fuck it, we'll leave it. Th- yeah, we're, he's 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 going to speak through me for the rest of this podcast. 
Okay, Alexander is telling me to tell you to go and rate or review us on iTunes. He's telling me to tell you to go and uh, socially distance because, you know, we're still kind of in a panic. You know, it's getting a little better, but socially distance, like steal someone's phone with like a like a grabby thing. You know, those like finger grabby things you'd had when you were like 12. This is all exactly what he's saying to me. I'm absolutely not making this up on the spot. He's absolutely, I'm relaying all of this perfect word for word. Uh, go, go grab one of those grabby things, steal their phone, download all the podcasts. Uh, thanks for listening, he says. And of course, you can join us next week when we will be reviewing i'm desperately scrolling valentine's day it's the gary marshall holiday films so from me jamie and just me jamie i guess that's one more f in the bank oh, al's not here for the bit after war of brides that's what he'd do right okay bye blank spank